Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast to O'Brien. Uh, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, and I am Ben Bolin, and we've got a kind of roundabout topic today. I guess one that uh, came about, mm, uh, this is the way it happens sometimes, right? It's kind of a spinoff. It's a, it's, how about we say this is inspired by a listener's suggestion, because when you sent the uh, note to me, you said, hey, Ben, I've got an exciting thing. It's this listener email, and I looked up the listener email, too, and we said, well, it's sort of in the listener's suggestion. Yeah, and I think we even mentioned this in our uh, our last Nuts and Bolts podcast. Yes. I believe we did, because um, it was from a listener named Eric Delfino. And Eric sent in something, and it was just kind of like a, a question, really. It was more yeah. like, my, hey, my guys, my dad does car interior design, and he's got a couple of interiors that he's restored, and they're really, really nice. And I'd like to know if you'd accept some photos of those. And we said, of course, we'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, please send them in, Eric. And we, we haven't seen them yet, but we're going to, I'm sure. I'm sure Eric will uh, will send those along. But um, it, it got me thinking, car interior design. Ben, we haven't even touched on car interior design the whole time we've been doing this. We have... I, I listened back to some of our stuff, and Scott, you're absolutely correct. We have never done an episode on this. Now, we've talked sometimes about very high-end cars. We've talked about their interiors just because mm-hmm. that's part of the um, you know allure or like opulence the, uh, of like that car. The Rolls-Royce bespoke interiors, exactly. You know those type of things. Where the you know, hand-stitched leather, exactly. The teak wood that's you know inlaid with mm-hmm. a family crest or something like that. Right. We've talked about all that. And in our very, very first episode, I think, Luxury Cars in 2025, yeah, was that it? Uh, don't listen to that one. But don't yeah, listen to that one. Uh, just going back, it's tough to listen to the early episodes. You it's know? a it's a rough ride. It's a definitely a learning experience. But we did <laughs> mention we did mention this uh, this group that 
for some reason decided it would be a good idea to build a waterfall in their car. Yeah, that's right. And I think there was even like a, a, a Zen rock garden or something like that. Or uh, what do they call it? A sand garden? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Below the floorboards, like below the, uh, the plexiglass floor. Which is a little much for me. Uh, maybe just a, just a touch over the top on that one. I mean, you gotta really learn some, Zen Buddhism to to let that <laughs> intricate design go when you hit a speed bump. I, I guess so. And you know when I when I think about what we want to do here, when we want to yeah. talk about interior design, I don't I don't really necessarily want to do like a whole history of it or anything like yeah. that or like the the first materials used or any of that. I know, although it's interesting to think like wasn't Henry Ford using like that Spanish moss in his seats to begin with like mm-hmm. the stuff, but it ended up having some type of uh, fleas or bores in it or something like that. And, I I heard this story. Yeah, something like that. And I mean, there's there's a there's there's a million stories like that, you know, mm-hmm. along the way that you know they've tried different materials inside, or different fabrics, or different uh, different fibers and things that either don't work out or they really do work out. Sure, and or, in the age of plastics, the same com- the same cycle continues. Exactly, and then you know our use with our able to our ability rather to use um, you know more and exotic materials like um you know let's say carbon fibers or or wood or metals you know all that stuff so i think you know we're going to kind of just touch on just a little bit of all of this but I don't really know if there's a, a, and I hate to say this, Ben, I don't know if there's like a, a clear direction in the way that I want to go with this, because I, it seems like there's so much to do with car interior design that it's going to kind of go all over the place. And I think that's kind of interesting in that uh, we're going to get to talk about like, you know, how women are involved in it, how our men are involved sure. in it, um, the materials that they're used. Fashion designers. Exactly. What people are looking for, like what, what I expect out of a car interior, what you expect out of a car interior, mm. what, uh, what people in general now expect out of a car interior versus what they expected in, say, the 1920s. Um, I think there's just there's so many different angles to this one, and we'll try to get to all of them. We'll try to get yeah. to all of this, but there's so many little interesting stories along the way that we're going to end up kind of going left and right, and it's almost like a uh, almost like a nuts and bolts auto interior design type thing. You know what? I like that. Let's uh, let's do something kind of like this format. Let's ask each other questions. That's that's uh, okay. probably one of the best ways to explore it. And I want to start with the one of the questions you just phrased that. Really, really uh, kicked it into gear for me. Uh, Scott, what do you expect out of an interior design for your car? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, my car right now is a 2005. Okay. And I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I think it's okay. And I at the time when I bought it, to me, I bought it around 2007, I think. So I didn't buy it brand new. Uh, but it's a Honda Civic Si. Mm-hmm. Nothing's fancy, nothing crazy, but it's pretty nice. I really like it. It's got the right type of materials. It's got suede seats. You know, these uh, like buck like almost like sport bucket seats. You know, with the bolstering and everything. And it's got red stitching on the edges. You know, to match uh, the kind of the Si design, I suppose. You know, with the floor mats that say Si on them and yeah. Uh, the, some of the materials that they used were really, really nice. I mean, at the time, I liked I liked everything that about about it. I liked the uh, the you know the little uh, inset things in the headrest. I liked the, mm. uh, the the red stitching on the leather steering wheel. I liked the way that the the shift knob feels in my hand because that's leather. Um, I just like the I, I like the center console that has you know a different type of metal that stands out. It's kind of a contrasting design. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of it that I really really like about this car. Um, but now that I look at it at a 2005 design versus what they have now in 2013, sure. even at some of the lower end car type cars, not that it's low end, but it's kind of mid range, I guess. Somewhere. Somewhere along the way, they've really, really advanced. I mean, when I look at you know, like the the quality 
the way uh, the way that let's say my door fits together versus the way that a door fits together in 2013, I notice a considerable difference. Ah, uh, okay. So we're talking about both progress in terms of ergonomic design and progress in terms of engineering. Well, ergonomic design seems to be okay, and that's again just for people who don't know. Ergonomics is how how things feel and how you can reach things. Everything, how accessible everything is to you. Really. Sure. How the uh, how the human body relates to the things around it. Exactly. How useful is that interior to you? How can you how can you get to like is it easy to reach from the steering wheel over to the mm-hmm. over to the radio and make a change if you need can to? Can you see all the instruments and in, on your dash uh in one glance? Exactly. Yeah, is it comfortable to sit in? That type of thing, yeah. right? I mean are the armrests in the right spot, you know, mm-hmm. where they should be because that's something that, you know, along the way some people have forgotten over time. But is the steering um, wheel there? Like, no, yes. But over time really I can tell like if I look into a 2013 car uh-huh. you know, or a 2014 car at this point, um there's a there's a remarkable difference in the way that it's it's put together. I mean, I don't see little gaps like I see in mine. Um even in 2005, you know, they were they weren't exactly perfect. And you go back a little farther, you know, there's even even bigger mistakes that were made. I mean, sure, there's some beautiful interiors along the way. Sure. And some manufacturers did it better than others. But you're going to find that, you know, it just wasn't always the the craftsman, the level of craftsmanship that it is now. And I wonder if you're going to be able to say that from now through the end of time. I mean, like, are, the, are people going to look back at their 2013 in, in 2020 and say, man, in 2013, they sure were making a lot of mistakes because look what they're doing now. All right. Well, if we're going to the ultimate extension of this, then I'm going to tell you, honestly, that what's going to happen is that future engineers or historians or whatever will look back some number of centuries and they'll go, God, how dangerous. They had to use their hands to interface with the vehicle. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's probably true. And it's, it's, it's a little bit... It's a little bit too out there for us right now for the presence of this, but the further back you go, it is true, especially the, the older cars that would have been considered mid-range in the, uh, 50s or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, when post-World War II has everybody uh, suddenly able to afford a car, uh, then if you look at the, just the dash on those things, then it's super wide. Everything, everything takes a lean in to move. Um, yeah, to get to the center of the car, you've got to lean to the to the right. Yes, if you're exactly. the driver. Yeah, and um, but there's another thing that happens here, which is sort of a parallel evolution because racing vehicles, um, even if they were racing vehicles, even if they were just consumer vehicles that had been kitted up, you know, um, these these things started to diverge to the point where now if you look at, say, the interior of an Alfa Romeo or something, um, it is completely centered on whoever is there uh, trying not to kill people in the driver's seat. And um, this is a stark contrast to, say, one of the land yachts. Like I had a, a Bonneville, mm-hmm. and a Bonneville – um, when they were, when they were still making a man, it was still on those fifties rules. If you want to get to the center of the car, you have to lean in. Man, I was on dates and I would have to, I would have to, you know, game plan like, okay, most of the car stuff that I am occupied with on the interior is way over here. Mm-hmm. This girl is like, on the inside of, like, have you sat in a Bonneville? I have, yeah. It's she's, like, she's like 13 feet away. She might as well be in Alabama or something. <laughs> and, and so I would, I'd have to game plan that. And don't get me wrong. I love Bonnevilles. I love nice cars. Uh, uh, to me, that is a nice car. It's just a, um, 
it's built for a very different driving experience. See, you make a very, very good point here, and I and I wanted to move on after this, but I want to I want to say one thing that that you really hit on here perfectly. I think when we talked about the um, you know well of course first first you said that everything's within reach. I can reach over you know still in the driver's seat and I can I can lock the passenger side door. You know, yeah. with, physically lock it with my hand on top. You know, I could reach out the window if I needed to. Um, that's not possible in the old Bonnevilles like you talked about. But, right. but in modern cars now, and look at any photo you'd like to of any, any car that considers itself a real driver's car. And that's a, there's a lot of cars that consider themselves driver's cars, BMW, mm-hmm. you know, Corvettes, and you know things like that. You know that yeah. type of vehicle, right? Look at look at the the 2014 Corvette in any photo, and we've talked about this in our in our episode about the 2014 Corvette recently. Mm-hmm. It's it's designed like a cockpit. It's designed where the driver is definitely the person in control. There's no doubt about that. That that mm-hmm. everything is all about the driver in that car. It's two seats. The most important seat is the left seat, the one that the driver's in. The other, the passenger gets maybe a vent and the glove box, and that's mm-hmm. it. But it used to be that, you know, some of the gauges would spill over into that side. You know, some of the controls even were over on that side. And some of the smaller cars are still that way because they, they suffer a lack of space. Sure. So it's tilted to the, to the side so that, you know, the, uh, the driver is the one who's really seeing all this. And there's, there's hopefully no glare on the gauges mm-hmm. and, you know, that type of thing. It's, it's yeah. just so that they get the best angle. They can see everything they need to see and be in control. So how about this? Um, let's, let's go ahead. I want to broadly categorize. Um, interior design as we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. The interior design, agree, disagree, or help me defend this thesis maybe. Okay. Um, the goal of interior design in a car can be categorized by the uh, type of driving experience. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I agree. Okay. Um, and we could further specify this by describing some of that experience. So there's the racing or driving or performance experience, right? I agree. Another one would be um, a family vehicle. So this would be like a Honda Odyssey. Got it. Or, uh, you know, and then what, what would be... What would be some other ideas? Uh, the third one I have, which might be the next segue for us, is a luxury vehicle. Yes, luxury because, uh, you know, we've talked about some of these already, you know, some of these crazy materials and some of the stuff. Like, I, I, I was listening to, uh, to a few videos, you know, just some um, interviews with some interior designers, some, some modern interior designers. Okay. And, you know, places that they go for, for inspiration. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, of course, they're artists. Uh, they love to, uh, you know, be inspired just like any other artist would. They take walks in the woods. They go on, you know, boating trips. They do whatever they do to, to become inspired. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they paint. Maybe they do something else. You know, I don't know. I don't listen to music or whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, but I heard a lot of them say that, you know, it depends on the type of vehicle you're, you're working on as well. So let's say that you've got, you mentioned like a Honda Odyssey. Let's say you're, that's your project versus, let's say, a, um, a Rolls Royce. Okay. Now, very different projects. It is, but you know, really, in that, let's say that you're inspired by, um, you know, wood, and you got you got like the idea to put a lot of wood in the interior of this design because a yeah. lot of wood is used in in high end vehicles. Now, even in you know in minivans, the top end minivans, there's a lot of uh, you know decorative wood trim, and you know it makes it look sure. very nice, yeah. very classy, very very you know um, finished, I guess. Very very. Uh, Again, very classy. Maybe that's yeah. probably the best. And it makes it feel a little bit more like a home to see the wood inside. Sure, it's a soft feel, right? Yeah, I mean, it's something. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasant feel, right? And um, they say that you know it, the only difference really between doing a project like that, like you know something on a minivan, I mean, is maybe the the way that you use it in a little bit, just a little bit, the way that you use it, but more the materials that you use. Mm. Let's say that you know you're, you're working on a headliner for. Uh, that same Honda Odyssey, and you're looking for a type of material that's pleasing, you know, to the touch. Well, in the Rolls Royce, you might be able to use something like cashmere, whereas in the other, the Honda Odyssey, that's not going to really fly because you're trying to use something that is uh, stain resistant because the kids have ice cream cones that they sometimes throw at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really some of their concerns. They're like, you know, the wear and tear on these type of things. You know, whereas um, right, it's not so much a concern in one type of vehicle as it is in the other. So, you know, they get different considerations that way as well. And the inspiration thing was really interesting to me, and the way that people found it. I mean, they were talking about like. Sports and they were talking about again like bike rides and um, listening to music and and reading poetry and you know all mm-hmm. kinds of things that you just wouldn't expect would come into to play in interior design for for an automobile but it really does just like any other form of artistry. Okay, I like that. I like they're saying that, and I think we can also 
We can also further emphasize the point about the engineering aspects of this. You know, what 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 is our car buyer doing inside their vehicle? Are they bringing a dog? Are they the kind of person who has a dog in their back seat? Um, do they have a kid? To your earlier point, exactly. Think- and cost cost oh. is a huge issue, right? I mean, that's right. one that we just pointed out as well. I mean, again, mm-hmm. you can use the same example. You know, with a cashmere interior. How expensive do you think that interior is going to be? And also, you know, how durable is it going to be versus something that they, they produce for a, you know, kind of a mid-range minivan that people are going to be using for soccer practice or for picking up the dog from the vet, like you said, um, you know, with the claws that are going to, you know, scratch the seat. And, you know, they want to prevent against some of that happening. Yeah. Um, and some of these fabrics now, you know, they're, they're fabrics that resist stains. They resist, uh, they resist, resist odors. They resist uh, mildew and mold. They resist all kinds of, um, of course, sun fade. Um, just all kinds of different fabrics. And, you know, a lot of times, Ben, we'll hear about this, and I'm going to take it kind of a different direction here, but yeah. um, they often sometimes will call on uh, famous designers. Right. Oh, I'm glad you said this. This is uh, something that you had hipped me to off, off air here. Uh, when we say famous designers, we mean designers that – even the mainstream is well aware of, like Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll have like a Burberry interior or a, um, you know, like a special, um, like the, the 300C, the John Varvatos uh, limited edition. I, sure. I think I'm pronouncing his name right, am I? Varvatos, uh, Varvatos. Um, anyways, this is a designer. And yeah, local designer, but you know that these these interiors are, are Carhartt, or you know, like a signature interior that has you know a brand name attached to it. Yeah, you can, and you can see pictures of this. Um, I think they used to do things with even like Levi's. You yeah, know, with, uh, yeah, places can, like that. Like, can it, I be totally blunt with you on this? What's that? I I just don't understand why somebody would take the money that they could spend on some. Great performance improvements, mm-hmm. and then spend it on having a a brand name, a fashion interior, or whatever. Just well, because, like, okay, first off, it's your car, it's your money. I get it. All that, the caveat aside, some of these things that people are paying so much money for, Scott, are. But ugly. Yeah, a lot of them are pretty garish in design. They're very gaudy. The They're, emperor uh, has no new clothes. Well, I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, for example, I, I think that you know the the. Uh, I think everybody's pretty familiar with the Louis Vuitton thing. Sure. Um, you know the design that uh, the design that you see on women's handbags all the time. You're right. Uh, it, and then what they do is they just repeat that design on every interior surface, pretty much. And it it's becomes, a brand. Yeah. It becomes very, very. Um, uh, almost confusing to look at. I mean, it really does, doesn't it? it? And and I think that the interiors, a lot of times when they when they overdo that, when they overbrand the thing like that, um, you almost lose the, some of the sight lines in the vehicle. Like you know, you you kind of lose some of the detail in what okay. the original designer had intended with that. Now I know it's been taken over by you know Louis Vuitton or whoever you know the, the or um, you know Carhartt or whoever's doing sure. the interior. Yeah. But um, I, I agree with you, and then it becomes a bit too much. Well, it's it, uh, part of it has got to be that uh, for a number of reasons, I don't particularly care for fashion brands anyway. It's always been sort of offensive to me that I would pay a company money to wear a thing that is free advertising for them. Yeah, I you know what that. I mean. So I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not telling people not to do it. 
Uh, and I'm certainly not going to be a jerk if someone gives me a ride, if I'm yeah. hitchhiking and somebody picks me up in their Louis Vuitton branded vehicle. Yeah, but, uh, I understand, but it's just not for you, right? It is not for me, I, man. I understand. You know, there's a there's a related angle to this that, that I think is important. I mean, I think it's something that we need to talk about, but, but let's do it in just a moment because there's something else that I want to tell you about that uh, if, you, if you've got just a minute. Yes. Do you? Do you? you yes. Yeah. Okay. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen, and it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And Scott, when we last left off, you had another related angle. Yeah, and you know, this is only because we're talking about fashion design, right? Yes. And it plays so heavily into into interior design. If you think about this, Ben, when when you buy a car a car, a new car rather, sure. and you've got these expectations for, you know, what it's supposed to be like inside. And you know, there's a lot of emphasis put on luxury and and fit and finish and quality mm-hmm. and the materials used and everything. That's exactly like um, anybody who designs, and, and don't laugh, anybody who designs shoes or handbags. So if you get a high-end handbag, 
and I know, you know, a lot of our male listeners are thinking, oh, I don't really know what you're talking about, but I think, I think you can understand this if you really think about it. Anybody who is a, you know, expecting to, to sell a handbag that they sell for 250 or 300 or 500 mm. or $1,000, it's a quality, well-made handbag that's not going to fall apart. And it's made with good materials. It's stitched together so that it's not going to fall apart. The edges match up exactly right. All of the seams match. There's nothing wrong with that bag, I'll tell you. It looks, and it looks good. They look really well put together. That's the way people want their interior put together. So anybody that you know has put together something like that or, or a real mm. high-quality pair of shoes, the way the stitching is laid in right, um, again, the exact same thing, the seams, the materials used, just the, the way that the finished product looks, that's exactly what a car interior is like, but it's on a much bigger scale. It's like you're buying uh, like a giant pair of shoes, I guess, and that you're going to inspect every little every little segment of that thing and make yeah. sure that there's no um, you know loose ends. You're going to make sure that you know everything's stitched up nice and tight. There isn't uh, padding coming out anywhere. It's like um, you're you're buying a handbag that you can sit in and it, take on a road trip. And I, I know it's a funny way to think about it, it ben, is, but, but it's it, valid. But it's a it's a good comparison, I think, because that's the Ooh. that's the quality and the way that these things are put together now. Yeah, and uh, what what I like you uh, you had also mentioned this really great article about uh, women in interior design. Yes, from the New York Times. Yeah, remember this one? And this is kind of surprising, Ben. Now you, I mean, just I don't know why I assumed this, but I always assumed that that females were involved in the automotive industry interior design right from the very beginning. I just assumed that that was the way it was, and I know that we had heard along the way some a little bit of other. Other information, you know, maybe it wasn't that way. It's always kind of the old boys club. But I thought that interior design was maybe for some reason. I know it's a very sexist type way to look at it, you know, on, on my part. But I didn't intend it to be that way. It's just kind of the, the personal feeling that I had. I think, yeah, I think we could see this coming up in um, in in some respects, especially going back again. I don't know why I'm bringing up the 50s in every conversation we're having about this. But going going back to that point when people were selling things as family cars. Well, even think like I mean I know 50s sure, I understand that, but even go before that with the coach building. Yeah. I mean even the coach builders, a lot of that was a male dominated field. I mean even the the you know everybody that was uh you know, fit and finish tailoring these sure, interior, custom yeah. tailoring these interiors. Um, those were men putting those things together for the most part. I'm sure there were women here and there, but it really wasn't happening all that often. And the surprising part is that it really wasn't until, um, I think I want to say like the, the, maybe the early 1940s, I think, when, uh, when the first woman started to work in as an automotive designer. Um, she was actually credited with working on the interior and, uh, I think it was on the uh, Nash. I want to say, yeah. yeah. Let me let me double check that as, sure. a, as I read along but, here. But yeah, um, her name was Helen Rother. Yeah, we've mentioned her on the show before, haven't we? Have we, Helen Rother? I thought we had mentioned her at some point. We've done a lot of shows, Scott. We have, and you know, <laughs> I, I I don't second doubt that at all. And Ben, I think I think you're probably right. But I mean, this wasn't until 1943 uh, uh, when General Motors actually hired her in as an automotive designer, which was a brand new title for for her. And of course, automotive design really was fairly new even at that point as a concept. As yeah. a concept, because it was just kind of a way they were they were just kind of we have to have a seat in there, so let's just make some kind of bench seat and put it in, and it fits good. Yeah, uh, in prior to this prior to this sort of era the all of the ideas about the a car's 
form came from function entirely. It was not really an aesthetic. Exactly. So interior styling and the design department, the uh, I think they called it the art and color division mm-hmm. of General Motors. They um, they really weren't around until the early 1940s, late 1930s, something like that. I can't remember the exact date, but she came in, Helen Rother, around 1943. And um, she worked on other things, too. She worked on um, upholstery. She worked on, uh, you know, colors and fabrics. She worked on lighting. She worked on the door hardware. She worked on, um, like the seat construction, all types of, uh, the interior design. And it was a big deal because, you know, this, this, uh, female that had kind of, uh, she'd broken through this glass ceiling, I guess, you know, that, that allowed yeah. her to get into this, this field. And it was really, really interesting because she, she had worked initially as an illustrator for Marvel Comics. And yes. then went from this illustrator for comic books over into um, kind of other design, you know, like print design as well. And then they said, you know what, we could really use your help on this on this project. And they brought her in. Now, Dodge was still, I mean, just to give you an idea of other what other companies were doing at this time, remember it was still the mid-1950s, so 12 years later when Dodge came out with that horrible La Femme design, <laughs> which right. was, and that's 12 years after Helen Rother was at GM. Which was just a huge mistake. So, so Dodge was saying, like, they're still running with just these, now that La Femme design was the car for women, supposedly that men designed completely right. completely men designed the, the car it was it, nothing about women, it really. made it into our worst cars podcast uh these these uh these guys had the bright idea of saying what are women like oh pink let's just make it pink <laughs> let's just overdo that and see how that works right and uh and all these bad designs remember everything was about the weather too like there was a lot with uh you know they, they included an area for um, oh, like rain hat, rain hats, and and an umbrella, and oh, I think boy. there was also lipstick and a purse and all kinds of stuff that was just just bad ideas. But um, she had done, you know, this Helen Rother had done just yeah. a, so much, really, so many really good things for the automotive industry, and she brought other women along with her. You know, she said, you know, this is something that we could really excel at here, and this is a, a good foothold for us. And she really brought in a lot of different people. So she was a a, a groundbreaking type person in this field, right? And the what's what might strike some people as unusual is that there is still a uh, a struggle of sorts in for uh female designers in this world because as as we explore in this uh, article that you had sent us uh the the female designer the average female designer uh can still be statistically speaking relegated to designing automotive interiors mm-hmm. rather than exteriors. Yeah, because exteriors where the uh, the hot shots work, right? Right. Yeah, the old boys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's still the old boy network, I guess, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, and and furthermore, we know that this sort of situation is common not just in the states but around uh, the world today. We we see that um, although female designers. Are making a headway and working in um, working in this space for modern vehicles with notable success. Uh, we see that, that there's still kind of an inequality of um, employment opportunities. Well, sure. And um, you know, it's it's sad yeah. that it's that way, but you know, it's 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 
kind of the trend is, is moving just a little bit, I can see, Ben, because there's yeah. still there's still a lot of women out there working in, in this field. And, of course, I, I'm sure that there are women that are working on automotive exteriors. It's just we're just not hearing about it very often now. I mean, we still hear about the uh, the big shots that are out there right now that have been for a long time, and they get a lot of press time in the magazines sure. on television shows and things. But, you know, one, one other really big success story that I need to mention here for uh, women in interior design is uh, Helen Elmsley, or Emsley, rather. Mm-hmm. And Helen Emsley, you may re- recognize her name from our Corvette podcast again. I've mentioned that twice now in this podcast. but Yeah, um, well, it's a good show. She designed the uh, the interior for the 2014 Chevy Corvette. So, again, she's way up there in, in GM design. Uh, as far as the like, food chain. Exactly, for, um, you know, the interior design. But um, she said that, you know, the big thing about this thing was, you know, she, of course, had a lot to uh, a lot to lose on this, you know, because you're redesigning an icon. So, you mm-hmm. know, you don't want to mess something up. Um, she said that, you know, she wanted to go with authentic materials and wanted to, again, here, Ben, this is where it comes up again, a tailored look. She wanted mm-hmm. a tailored look on the in- inside, like I mentioned with the handbags and the, the shoes or clothes or whatever. Sure, yeah. Uh, but the stitching detail had to be exactly right and you know everything just had to be exactly the way that she wanted it to do to be and there had to be extreme attention to detail throughout the entire project i mean from from the the carpet all the way up to the headliner everything in between everything you saw everything you feel had to be authentic to her so you know if there is something that looks like aluminum it had to be aluminum if there's something that okay. looked like leather it had to be leather it couldn't be um you know leatherette or it uh, couldn't be yeah. couldn't be vinyl it had to be that and if it looks like carbon fiber it is carbon fiber and you know on down the line it just has to be that way and everything is quality mm-hmm. you know if it's if it's the you know whatever suede they're using it had to be the top of the line suede and she was involved with the uh, the chair construction as well you know how to chair the seat construction as well so you know there's like a i think there's a touring seat and then there's also a uh, sport seat that she designed in in house and you know her team rather did so you know it was really um like a, a top to bottom design situation there in that one you know that they said it's all yours take it over do what you want with it but uh you know make sure that it's Successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure it's successful and uh, don't sweat the details, right? Yeah, right. Don't sweat the details, all of which must be perfect. I have another point I want to make, just uh, a slightly different point. Sure. As long as we're talking about interiors. Um, I call this, this is another sort of theory of mine. Okay. I call this the cup holder phenomenon. Okay. The cup holder syndrome. I haven't looked this up and seen if it, if it was yet... If it's a real thing that someone else already thought it's of. It's probably a thing. Okay, so you remember way back in the day, because you and I are no longer uh, spring chickens or 2014 models. Uh, back in the day, a lot of cars just didn't have cup holders. Oh, that's true. No one, no one knew why we didn't. And part of it maybe was that fast food was not as prevalent. Maybe people didn't eat in their cars as much. I don't know. But what we saw, you know, proliferation of these little plastic attachments, you know, put it on the inside of your yeah. door um, or hang it off your dash. Sure, or something. they were add-ons. Yeah, they were add-ons. And then someone had the bright idea. And this is, this is to me, the most exciting part of automotive interior design is how to make things work better. You know, again, I don't really care about the fashion logo stuff. If you want to spend your money on it, fine. But... I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've, uh, you know, all of a sudden someone had this bright idea and they said, why don't we just have a car that has a cup holder in it? And someone else said, I'm sure there was one guy who was like, no, that'll never work. But there were probably five other people who said, okay, well, yeah. And then 
it happened in such quick succession, Scott. Someone else said, well, they got one cup holder. What about that guy riding in the shotgun seat? And mm-hmm. someone else said, what about the people in the back? And then at some point, um, probably in a minivan, someone said, you know what? We should have more cup holders than people because we don't know what you like. People don't like the, well, the this. This will be no exaggeration, Ben, but I mean, there were minivans that were produced in the, in the early 2000s that had something like 12 cup holders. In them, or or thirteen or fourteen cup holders in them, and you know they only seat six people. Or I was going like to ask. Yeah, yeah it's because the, you know they have some in the back for you know when you're when you're um um what do you call it? tailgating? Yeah, you know, at a at a party or something or oh, okay. a sporting event. Um, so they've got you know some that are in the back like that are not near the seats, and they've got you know, like four back there. Yeah, um, they've got you know three in the front or three you know three each in the front you know so the driver can reach one to the left of the steering wheel and then there's two in the middle and then the passenger also has one over underneath the glove box and you know they're all over the place and i know what you're saying like it just seemed to explode overnight and i was you know i was giving you a quizzical look while you started this yeah because where's he going no 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 the quizzical look was this i'm trying to think and i I, i've thought about this in the past this isn't the first time i thought about this i've owned as you can i've owned a lot of cars Mm -hmm. and Okay, I've had well, counting backwards from the one I've got right now, I've had this, let's say this is my this is my Honda Civic that I own right now, and sure. I've had it for several years. Sure. Just pr- just prior to that, I had a an Audi. I had an Audi A4, and before that, I had a Honda CRX, and I went on back and forth. I think, I think the Audi was the first car that I owned that ever had even one cup holder. Wow! All of my other cars up to that point never had a cup holder in them. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to really think about this. I can't remember if the Honda the Honda CRX had them or not because it was a 1990 CRX, and I'll, I'll double check when I get off the air. But um, I think that my Audi was the first car that I had that had even one cup holder, and it had two that were two cup holders that were way too small for anything. They held like a you know a can, you know, like yeah. a 12 ounce can. They held their espresso. Exactly. Yeah. It was a, that was it. And uh, I just find that strange that, you know, I had, I don't know how many other cars, seven, eight other cars that had no cup holders at all. Yeah. And part of the, okay, so this is a real thing then. It is. And part of the reason that I think this is interesting when we look at the the growth revolution of automotive interior design is that we can see how uh, it goes back into, again, what you call the diminishing return. Uh, one day we'll build a car with so many cup holders, it will hold us all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Are they still doing it? I don't know if they are. I think it's, it's kind of back it's, down. It's back down. And mm-hmm. so now I'm I'm looking out for trends in auto interior design uh, that are reaching like the same level. Um, for for a while, you know, audio technology is always a leader. Um, there are some people who got stuck with some. Uh, pretty crappy CD players because they just had to have one. Mm-hmm. I guess a few decades ago now, a like a, ago. like disc changers in the trunk and things like that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, which was which was cool when you had it, but that's always the risk of early adoption. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, you're right; those were some of those, those were factory, not sure. all of them were add-ons. Yeah. Um, and now I'm I'm still f- trying to think of what the next big jumps will be. I mean, of course, we've seen the evolution of the cigarette lighter into the power outlet. Yeah. Uh, and we've also we've also seen a rise in the amount of non-glove box storage space. 
Yeah, I can see that. There's a lot of little cubbies here and there. And Up people, here by the rear view. People yeah. love to have storage. I mean, you have to have storage, and I think it's important. They're still building that into new cars. Like even, yeah. again, I mentioned that Corvette, but the interior, there's an 8-inch uh, screen, an LCD screen that drops down, and it, and it allows access to space behind that screen. Because in the Corvette, there's not a lot of interior space really to play yeah, with. There's no not, a lot of, not a lot of real estate there. And when you block off a full uh, full area with an LCD screen that's, you know, it's a big one. That's an 8-inch screen. Um, you know, behind that, there's nothing really there. Why not make that usable space? So that's one of the smart things that they're doing. They're doing a lot of things like that now with space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, inc- you know, creative, clever, crafty, different ways that they're creating space where there was none before. Yeah. And uh, you know, one last quick thing on the uh, on the the. Um, the cup holders. Do you remember when you used to fold down your glove box door and there would just be two little kind of like indented areas where you could yes. place the uh, cups? Yeah. I think it was more for like drive-in type uh, eating. You know? Yeah, that was when you pull up to the drive-in. Yeah, and exactly. The and the, yeah, the, the sock hop or whoever would come out and uh, you know roller skate out and give you your food on the, yes. on the tray or something. I've got... Um the, I've got a reason. There's a method to my madness here with my cup holder ramp. Did I say sock hop? I meant car hop. You know what I meant. <laughs> sock hop's a dance, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, sock hop's a dance. I'm not uh, that old. Boodle skirt. <laughs> I'm not that old, Ben. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's, let's wrap, wrap up. Our, yeah. All right, so here's my here's my wrap up. The the method to my madness cup holder wise. The reason that I bring this up at all is because I want to hear what you and our listeners think will be the new trends in interior design. Don't worry, I'm not going to steal your ideas. Nobody hired me. Louis Vuitton is not waiting outside to talk to me. <laughs> I just I'm interested in what will be what will be the next cup holder. What will be the next thing that goes too far? Now you and I got uh, uh we got our chops busted just a little bit when uh, we went on a rail against having too much uh, video entertainment in cars. Oh yeah, that's right. And I think I think that LCD screens or at least. Portable TV screens kind of had the rise and fall. But what's the next thing? What's the next thing that will end up going too far? Yeah, like a mild annoyance. A mild annoyance. And if, that's perfect. And if, if you don't have one of those, then what's something you would like to see in Cars of the Future? Um, bonus points if it's super simple. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know what you think. And you can find us on Facebook, where we're Car Stuff HSW. Also on Twitter, where we're the same thing. Oh, wait, we have our own website. What? CarStuffShow.com. Go ahead and check it out for our blogs, all of our podcasts, some of which you cannot find on iTunes. And you can send us an email directly. We are CarStuff at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.